Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome back from a short hiatus to the Chipman Brothers Tangent. Um, as always, I'm Chris I'm Chipman. Bob, also Chipman. Ah, uh, yes, also Chipman. With me, as always, is Garth. <laughs> Chip. Yes. Chipman. Um, apologies for the hiatus to, to everyone out there in internet land. Um, it's been a rough month, I guess, month plus for me. I imagine also for my brother. It's been a bit of a hiatus. Uh, things have been crazy busy. Um, I had to, uh, I went to a wedding. I filmed my friend's wedding as a help for her. She's been having some troubles in her family. So that was a bit of a public service and also a good time. Um, but during that time, my wife was also sick. And then our daughter got sick. And then I got sick and couldn't talk for almost a week. So there's that. Yeah, what what is it that you had conjunctivitis? Well, that was yeah. So we got some sort of virus that like took out our throats, right? And like made us. It, it wasn't like strep. It was something else. And then the baby got conjunctivitis and has been giving it to everybody, except for my wife, who didn't get it. Got it. Yeah, my daughter. She's no longer baby. She's two years old as of two days ago. So all yay. right. Yeah, un- Uncle Bob's got a two-year-old niece. Yeah. What what do you call a two year old? A two year old. Well, no, but I mean, like, there's like baby and toddler, toddler and she, the... she's, I guess, a toddler. A two year old is a toddler. I thought that was like three. No, no, three is three. Okay. Good. Oh, so two is not toddler. Two to four is toddler from the peanut gallery. Okay. All right. Toddler it is. Indeed. So there's that. Um, and, and that just re- uh, what that that just refers to how they walk, right? I think so. It kind of refers to like one's like a clean slate and they're just kind of there. And then this one makes its own decisions. And right. Has yeah. opinions, even though they don't come out as full words. Mm, okay. We, we took our apple picking. Oh, nice. To which she ripped apples off the tree and exclaimed, it did it. <laughs> well, that's good. That's which was good. really cute. Um, but so, yeah. so there's that. Um, but in that time period, I've seen some movies. Oh, you have? Okay. And I think you have, too. I, I have also seen films, yes. Um, Let's see. The last we talked, we were trying to uh, expunge Nazis from Boston and succeeded. Yes, yes. We uh, we cleared the Nazis out of Boston. That was a good thing. Speaking of that, I've been obsessing in my elder years now with dad jokes. <laughs> <laughs> because apparently a switch flips. They don't actually give us a book in the hospital, despite what you, you single, unchilded folks might think. Um, but, uh, I got one for you. You ready? It's relevant. Okay. All right. What's the most evil letter in the alphabet? I don't know. What is the most evil letter in the alphabet? Not Z. (laughs) I think that was Duncan Jones's son told him that joke and he posted it on Twitter. If I'm, if I'm giving the right call out. That's good. That's good. Oh, they're terrible. It's terrible. There's, there's also. Did you hear about the funeral for the boiling water? No, I did not hear about the funeral for the boiling water. It will be missed. <laughs> oh, that's, that's and in yeah, and in honor of National Pirate Talk Like a Pirate Day, which just went by. Yeah, you have what's a pirate's favorite letter, Bob? Uh, what is a pirate's favorite letter, Chris? No, Bob. What well, what do you think it is? I, I, I would imagine that a pirate's favorite letter is R. Yeah, R, right? No, it yeah. is the C. <laughs> uh, 
okay. See, this is what happens. <laughs> it's an affliction. Uh, really. It is, it is an affliction, yeah. It's like some Henny Youngman. That's some Henny Youngman shit. Right? Yeah. Um oh, so so anyway, so in <laughs> so in this month hiatus, we, we kicked Nazis out of out of Boston. Yeah. And we had yep. a long podcast about that. Um since this always happens, do we lead with um who uh, Hugh Hefner died. That's oh, more yeah. recent. Yeah, Hef Hef died. That's an odd mixed bag of feelings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that that's a whole lot of you know, uh of of mixed historical significance. Yeah, very yeah. awkward and strange. And yeah, it, it, and and, yeah. and and not so good <laughs> in a lot of it, well, but also some of it good. It's very weird. Right. Well, what's weird is is that he lived a little too long, probably. Right. If if that makes any sense, like some like generally people who live, let's say, problematic lives, they 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 kind of tend to tap out around seventy five or so. Right. W which is about as long as it generally takes for culture to go from you know rebel to established hero to has hung on too long and now the 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 good stuff is normal and the bad stuff is still hanging around is now kind of gross. Yeah, he he, he kind of lived in a time where the things he was progressive about stood out because everybody yeah. was scummy. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I don't it, and it, that's not an apology for it. It doesn't make it any better. But Yeah, no, it's 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 got uh, it's I I think the the best summation, well the the best kind of politics neutral summation if there is such a thing that I saw about this, was someone noted uh, on uh, social media that Hugh Hefner lived long enough that his first wife's name was Mildred and oh, his last wife's name was Crystal. Crystal. Yeah, so think about that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's troublesome. It, it's very hard to formulate thoughts <laughs> without, yeah, well, without it getting awkward. Yeah, well, well, it, well it's also the, that the, this thing where... Like it's it's almost hard to, uh, you know, to to really describe, you know, the the importance that Playboy as a as an institution played in decades of American culture, because eventually you kind of have to come back around to what this magazine was for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like like this, and this... it it doesn't it doesn't really squeak by just on the merit that it was the non depraved version of Hustler. You know what I mean? That well, doesn't well, also, really get you there, because it's still... Well, what's well, it about? Also, well, also, Hustler came like, you know... Hustler was like 30 years later. Well, yeah, but I mean, it, yeah. it, when when comparing medium... Oh, you yeah, know, yeah. When comparing medium, it's all trash, but Playboy was the attempted classy version of trash? Even well, it though it's like, still objectifying and all of that other garbage, but... It's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's so weird. Well, well, it's, you, you have to look at all things like this, I think, in, in the context of their time to a certain extent. And and when you say that, people tend to get, you know, they, they, they kind of get the guard up because usually you have to look at something in the context of its time is is said to dismiss something. You know, to say, oh, well, you know, your, your concern about this is not valid because of the context of the time. And right, what, which is which what, is kind of relevant to some other topics. Yeah, right. Which 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 does come up. Um, the 
the thing that that is sort of like lost to even you know like smart readings of history was that like Hugh Hefner did not invent putting pictures of naked people in a magazine. No. No. He like like I I realized that that this is one of those things that I used to think was an exaggeration, but you know, now being on the other side of 35 myself, you know, I uh, I can look back and say, "Wow, it is true. Every 20 years a new generation of 12-year-olds thinks they're the first ones who ever jacked off." A- absolutely. And and they and as such they then think that they're the first ones who ever, you know, figured out pornography or were you know what I mean? Like every every new generation thinks they invented fucking. And uh well, right, so, right. Or or yeah. perfected it or made it not boring. Right, yeah. So like the 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 pop history version that we usually get about Hugh Hefner and Playboy is that no one knew anything about sex, everyone was totally closed up, everyone was was the Puritans or the Amish or whatever, and then this one dude kind of thought, hey, if I took pictures of naked people and put them in a magazine, people might buy that. And everyone went, what? My God, what an invention! And then the sexual revolution happened. And, right. You know, like, there. If, if you go back into, you know, the... It's a bigger topic, obviously, but, like, when we say that it's hard to talk about Playboy, it's kind of... No one really talks about the the role of, for lack of a better word, pornography in 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 society and art. But as someone who who studied art history to a certain degree, if you don't include the art that a society produces to jerk off to for for another, for lack of a better word. If, if you're not including that, you're basically leaving out, like, 75% of the stuff that contributed to that culture. Right. And it's always in ways that, that, that uh, you, you wouldn't necessarily, like, expect. And, and what ends up happening is that a whole bunch of stuff either disappears or we forget why, uh, why it was popular in the first... Like, when, when you and I were growing up, Chris, you, you remember, like, when we would watch, like, uh, cartoons that were produced in, like, the 60s and 70s, right? Right. It would be very often uh, to, to see uh, parodies of what were considered, like, universally popular celebrity impressions, things that would carry down. And, like, so if, if I started going in, oh, well, you see here, boy, you know what you need to do is you need to go down there and get me the whiskey, boy. Like, you might not know that I'm doing W.C. Fields there. Right. Right. Especially, like, especially someone 10 years my younger, too. But Yeah, right, right. But, like, W.C. Field, but, like, you recognize that, that voice, and, and you might know that this W.C. voice. If you hear in the same kind of like era of things, you you will hear female uh, characters or comedians or whatnot could all do you know the, the a version of the line. Well, why don't you come up and see me sometime? Right, exactly. Right? Like, like, now, now you you've heard that that line. You know that voice. Now you are are a wicked sharp guy. Whose voice is that? It's lost on me without looking it up. Right. Okay. But I recognize made... it. It's done everywhere. Okay. Yeah, that's an actress. That was that was a line from an actress named Mae West. 
the name I know then. So right. there you go. And, and Mae West was super famous for exactly two things. Uh, apart from being a really good actress and a very gifted comedian and playwright in her own right. Those she aren't was... the first two things? No, well, but no, Bob. She, she was gorgeous. And also, she was fucking filthy. Like in, 19... Inter- 50s filthy or just filthy 1930s filthy so so filthier oh, than 50s 50 so, so i've got my dating weird <laughs> okay yeah yeah no 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 she she be, be like her whole thing like if you go back and watch those you know she she's in a whole bunch of comedies and even sometimes dramas and it's all very you know sassy you know double entendre like th- these were movies where you couldn't curse but you could use every euphemism for anything you wanted to, and that was all. That was her whole shtick: was she's good looking and she's really quick witted, and would just spit out, uh, you know, oh well, how tall are you, son? Oh well, ma'am, I'm uh, six feet five inches. Oh well, forget the six feet, honey. Tell me about the five inches. Like, that, oh yeah, that yeah, would, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that would be in a movie, <laughs> in a in, in a movie, and people will talk. Well. We'll, we'll talk about these and say, it's like, oh, gosh, Mae West, she was sassy and funny. And, uh, you know, what's left out is, no, she was filthy. And, you know, your, your great-great-grandparents would go to see these movies, and that was porn to a certain extent. That was the mainstream right. version. Or, like, uh, Cecil B. DeMille. We know Cecil B. DeMille made, like, the big Bible movies, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, we, we, you and I probably know him best for, like, the Ten Commandments, the, the last big one, the 50s one that he did. But, like, his 30s and 40s biblical movies and historical movies are biblical and historical so that there was an excuse to have wall-to-wall sex. Like, like sex, like sex and violence. I, I have a, I have In a, a Cecil TV about one of his earliest movies called The Sign of the Cross. It's a, you know, sad Christians getting fed to lions in the Colosseum movie. And, and the movie... And the movie is junk, but the only reason the movie exists is so they can stage the scenes of all the awful shit the Romans would do in the Colosseum. So you you watch through this very tedious movie, and then for the last, like, 20 minutes, you get, you know, naked chicks being fed to alligators, naked chicks being fed to gorillas. Yeah, but the audience is uh, enjoying it for a different reason. Guys getting... yeah, it black and white 1930s, and and they're you know because they hadn't like done the the Hayes Code. Wow! Yet. So you know that's a perspective like I didn't have. Stepping on guys' heads and gladiators punching each other with metal uh, fists. There's like uh there there there's a girl on girl striptease like right in the middle of the movie, and of course the movie is going. Oh my God! It's the decadence of the Romans. It's horrible. These poor Christians are so sad about it, and then they're all gonna get fed to lions, and it's depressing. Right, yeah, yeah. This, 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 this was like Baywatch for like you know, well, our grandparents basically, <laughs> you know, yeah. So, so like, right. So, but, well, that, that's the thing though is that we we tend to to overlook these things. So, in the roundabout way, what what I mean for that for Playboy was Hefner did not invent putting naked people in magazines. Uh, you know, before him, there were you know spank rags or whatever they called them uh, for years, and you watch like uh, really. Hmm. You know, go, go and watch like uh, modern ver- like modern movies that are about like sleazy detective stories from the the 30s and 40s, and there'll always be scenes where they like go into like a, a shitty apartment, <laughs> also true, and there's yes. like some not Betty <laughs> Page chick, you know, on a couch in lingerie, and a bunch of random dudes are just sitting around snapping pictures. All those pictures were then getting sold to these you know cheap publications 
that would get, you know, printed out of some guy's warehouse or something, and, you know, they'd be behind the stand at the newsstand. And, and you know, this is what, like, uh, incidentally, right. this is also why, if you go back and watch old stuff, it feels like gay people weren't invented until 1972. Be, right, be... Be because, you know, quote, you know, it like, if, if you were gay in like the 30s or 40s, it's not like you could turn on TV as like a, a, a gay kid at like 14 and say, you know, I think I might be different from uh, many of my classmates. And sell it as a culture. And like, you bag. know, turn on like, you know, the, there, there was no 40s version of Will and Grace to right, watch yeah. and go, oh, okay, that's what that is. You know, you, you know, you, if you found out about it, you pretty much, right. uh, you know, found out about it from, you know, the, the gay version of, of dirty magazines that were, you know, behind the newsstands and whatnot, so in the underground subcultures. So, so what Hefner's big revelation was that he could take really, really classy pictures of naked people and put them in a, ma and put them in a legitimate magazine and then suddenly make, right, right, and then <laughs> and, and, as a lifestyle magazine, as, as we've now, yeah. For in in the days when lifestyle magazines also were written for men, right? Be and you know the 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 business model of that was you know I'll put the naked girls in it and then I'll surround it with a whole bunch of other stuff and then you know the other stuff will get right. read because you know you bare minimum you know even like you know the world's uh, most energetic fifteen year old can really His only use this magazine about maybe six seven times a day. And, and so that then eventually all this other stuff would get, uh, would, would get play and the advertisers would swarm to it because, uh, hey, everyone's buying this magazine. They're going to see your ads if they're right next to Marilyn Monroe with her guns out or, or whatever. Right. So, so that was right. the big revelation right. of it. And, and it was just the of, only one you know, doing he it. Also at the time. married yeah. <laughs> it with, you know, his for the, well, well, his yeah. Well, his for the time progressive politics, which basically boiled down to, you know, guys, women's liberation is cool on it. because it means a bunch of uh, you know classy smart chicks that are fun to hang out with who don't want to you to marry them to have sex and uh, you know, like he he basically repackaged uh, you know women's liberation as something that could be sexy and fun for men. Yeah, it's like like. Yeah, right. Yeah. So so he got that on, you know, that was like that that it, like people thought, you know, the 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 sexual revolution was happening just fine without Hugh Hefner involved. What he did was kind of nudge it. Well, well, he capitalized it and I mean, he probably did do a lot through Playboy to to kind of push it into the mainstream by getting a certain generation of men on board with it. You know, it, it like if if the Playboy Gross. philosophy could be summed up in one thing, it was, uh, if you are a cool alpha male kind of guy who's, you know, good with money and successful, feminism's great for you because there's going to be all of these, uh, you know, women who share your interests, who are not demanding that you marry. Like, like uh, it, it was basically the Playboy philosophy boiled down to, fellas, 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 I know it's obnoxious that your secretary wants to be paid a little more money now and that you can't chase him around the desk anymore, but have you considered... Yeah, but have you considered that you're going to get laid a whole lot more? Yeah, so he yeah he realized there so, was so, he realized there was money in redirecting the uh, redirecting the testosterone party, basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, it, well, and also it was a precursor to very briefly the uh, 
the the JFK version of of the left, you know, where you know you had Playboy do this thing, and then you know, right around the same time, uh, you had uh, the the Rat Pack and JFK all part of the same thing as you know these otherwise kind of conventional, you know, white semi sexist, you know, semi not kind of dudes, uh, you know, also being on the the nominal left of American politics, you know, where where this was sudden. Where, where this was suddenly a thing. So, yeah, I mean, the, the con, and also a ton of, uh, great popular fiction got published by Playboy. A lot of the women who, uh, you know, were photographed and whatnot kind of took agency of themselves and did a lot. So, so there was some good that can't, so there was some good. You know, there, there absolutely, there absolutely was. There was also, you know, I mean, it, everything else that goes with that. Yeah, everything, you know, everything else. All of the gross. <laughs> yeah, all, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it, it's kind of like go, go back and watch like the even like the 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 fawning '80s version of like the Playboy Mansion parties and and whatnot, and go back and look and say, okay, on the one hand, this looks like a party if I'm a uh, if I'm a white dude with a lot of money, but uh, I have a feeling that consent is not really a word that yeah. is bandied about very much here. Yeah, it, it's so so so. There's that gross aspect to it too, and. You know, as as an older dude, you know, I have certainly was not. Uh, he would not be described as woke. I think would be the, far uh, from it. Would, yes, would, yeah, would be the would be the angle on that. So yeah, but uh, you know, he he has passed on, and uh, now we find out what the legacy of this company and this publication uh, was. And we get to find out who bought that house, by the way, because right? someone else owned the man. Well, well, no, so, someone else owned the mansion for a long for the time, last, like like five years. Well, no, for the yeah, for the last six years or so, someone else I forget who owned the Playboy Mansion because the uh, the the agreed to terms of buying it was that you got a sweetheart deal on it, but that Hefner had to be allowed to live in there for however long he was going to still live. <laughs> you know who my roommate is, or my letter, my subletter. <laughs> this is yeah. just so weird. A- anyway, well, guy, well, yeah. the bad, the bad news is there is an elderly man who I, I'm, I am unrelated to, who also has to live in the house with the us. Odd, the, the good news it's is Hugh Hefner. <laughs> yeah, you, you get to tell that story. Oh my God, I know a guy who knows yeah. a guy who knows Mel Gibson, as it were. <laughs> odd, random Adam Sandler reference, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um. So, so that was a lot about you, Hefner. So, so what, what, ha- what have you seen lately? Chris? So, what's, what's, your, what's, what's a film? So, we've seen? had a horror resurgence, eh? Well, it, it is October, so generally, it's, yeah. It's been, but I mean, of good. It's been going on for a couple of years, but I, I finally caught it. Ah, you did. It is as good you as like, people have said it is, huh? Jesus, you like the, you like the. It, it was awesome. What was awesome? It. Are we going to do this who's on first yeah. thing? Uh, well, I, I was, but you, you brought it up, so no, I'm not going to do the routine now. <coughs> Squashed. <laughs> um, man, yeah, so so everything leading up to it scared me. Um, and not, like, in the good way either. Like, in the, oh, God, um, especially with the Dark Tower, which I didn't even see. But, uh, yeah, but, but you, you, but you had to put Tower. yourself through that. We talked about that on the last one. But, you know, oh, yeah. It, I'm I'm actually I feel like Entertainment Weekly's photos of things really do them a disservice because I don't even like their photos of like the new Star Wars movies like they don't get me hyped up 
they, they look very staged and off. And the photos yeah. they took to show off um, Skarsgård's uh, Pennywise, it it added a level of like foggy and eeriness to it that that wasn't involved with the character in the movie at all. Like often, yeah. often what made the character scary is it was just kind of there. You know what I mean? Mm. And um, I I loved it. I thought it was a home run. Um, that that character was. I mean, there's some dodginess, you know, with with um, amount of time with certain characters on screen. But I mean, I haven't seen a movie. I, I mean, and I know it's an homage, and it has you know that Stand by Me. It you know his books are kind of very similar to each other, but it really felt like this movie could have been made right alongside Goonies, Stand by Me. Um, even a bit of like Sandlot stuff like that. It had that timeless nostalgia thing that, even though I love Stranger Things a lot, Stranger Things doesn't feel as authentic as this does. Like Stranger Things feels yeah. like it's trying to make you think that it's an homage to those things. This movie just kind of feels like it is one. Yeah, you know, yeah. and and even even down to the 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 dialogue, the the musical score. Felt like it was ripped right out of one of those movies. Um, mm. the, the the speed in which story is delivered is very slow in pacing, and it gives, you know, uh, th- there are scenes in this movie that really don't have anything to do with driving the plot that are all just about character that you don't mm-hmm. usually get in your, you know, clown that eats children movie, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and I think I think that's a great, um, that's a great parallel to the book. You know what I mean? Mm. That, you know, it, it it's hard in film as it's been proven to pull off Stephen King's kind of long tangent filled um like uh um almost it, it just stays with things like this like waiting you know and and making you kind of like grow with a with a storyline instead of just beating you over the head with quick cuts and everything and I, and I think they pulled that off quite well um I really mm. hope they ne- they nail the second half. Yeah, that's going to be hard. It's going to be really hard. I mean, it's where the the original one isn't the greatest movie in the world, but the problems with that one really lied in the adult side of the story. They kind of got the kids stuff pretty good, you know, and Mm. and Tim Curry's Pennywise is timeless. This Pennywise is completely different and equally as cool. It's like it's kind of like taking Heath Ledger's Joker, not to give another clown and, and compare it with the others. You know, it's its own thing. You know, yeah, and it uh, yeah. and it's its own thing, and it's genuinely scary, and um, yeah, and I I love reading the stories about it. I love this, I love this whole resurgence of if we're going to cast children in movies, number one, they're going to be the age they're supposed to be, or at least look and sound the age they're supposed to be, and we're going to make you feel like they're actual friends. Yeah, you know, Stranger Things nailed that. Um, it is annoying mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. me that we have to live in a world where you hear children complaining that, you know. It's ripping off Stranger Things. It's like, oh no, <laughs> Jesus! You you don't get it at all. <laughs> they even cast that same kid. Oh God! <laughs> but by the there is that. By the way, is Wolfhard his actual last name? Yeah, I think that. I hope he name. listens to this because I think that kid's the man. But Jesus, how how do you get that last name and not end up like a badass child actor like <laughs> Finn Wolfhard? <laughs> Well, I, I think he's like Norwegian or something. It's so it's that, pretty normal. Probably like a pretty but it's normal just name such there. a great last name. It just sounds fake. <laughs> yeah. Um. What did you think? Although, I, I, I mean, I re- I saw your review, but you know, what did you think? 
Oh, that was terrific. Yeah, it it, it kind of blew me away. I was I was. Yeah, no, I, I it 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 feels effortlessly good. Yeah, it exactly. It feels effortlessly effortlessly good in like the way, in in almost like, it. I sat there watching it, and and I know this sounds really cliched, but I feel like I've seen it before, and not and not like from a oh it didn't surprise me at all. Just like a, I'm comfortable with this. What you're putting on screen is exactly what I expected to see when I when I read the words when I think about this. This is a different take on it, but I like what I'm seeing, you know. And, yeah. and so it's like none of it felt out of place. Even even some of the dodgy CGI, which all of these movies have a tendency to have, it was just it right. just bl- bl- it, it bro- breezed by, and it often mm-hmm. had. It was counteracted by the fact that in the scenes when it was happening, they had the kids who were all great actors in their own right. And then even when it was like a body manipulation, you still had Skarsgård's performance in the face and in maybe motion capture or something else. He was just genuinely unnerving. Like, it was perfect. Um, Even like with the uh, with he had this like creature under the skin that just does the wants to get out the scene with Georgie, which. I still can't believe every time every time they do it, they always go, hey, we bet you don't think we're going to make this scene violent. Like, we're going to cut before anything bad happens to the kid, we swear. And they do it in both yeah. versions. And no, no, they they make you sit there and watch. And it, it's not a quick death for that poor little kid. Yeah, and, that, that's a hell of that's a hell of a and thing. And there's nothing else in the movie that's that violent or terrifying. But because yeah. of that scene, you know how dangerous it is. You don't need yeah, that, you don't need anything else, you know, and yeah, and I loved that about that, it. And it's a perfect c- kickoff. And in that mm. sequence, I love when he just shuts down, like almost like I'm yeah. out of energy. Like literally, this is taken too long. And then Georgie says something that like switches him back on. And he gets back into the conversation about the popcorn. It's like literally like I shut off. Yeah. You know, and and I I found that amazing. It, it's it's a timeless performance. Like that that's going to go for the fantastic. record books. And I mean, I know that it's not just the performance that's bringing people there, but holy shit! It, was it the highest grossing September movie ever in one weekend, or at least R rated? Is that what I heard? In one weekend, uh, it it is officially now the highest grossing horror film ever. Right, ever. It just surpassed the Sixth yeah. Sense. Right. That that that's what it uh, took. Oh. Oh, it, it blew past the sixth sense. It 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 got over. Uh, it got past the Exorcist as well. Jesus, and it's deserving. It's one of those times where I sat in the theater and went, "Wow, this is deserving of everyone showing up," as opposed to like Transformers Three. <laughs> now, now, to, to be fair, to, to be fair, it blew past the Exorcist, not adjusted for inflation. Most adjusted things don't. Adjusted for inflation, yeah. Well, no, nothing does. Adjusted for inflation, the Exorcist is a billion dollar movie today, which is amazing but, in uh, its own right too. This is. This is an Exorcist level event. This movie. This is. Yeah. It, it yeah, might not is, be. It's not as scary as The Exorcist, but it's that good. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, it, mm-hmm. it's just that good. A, and a nine-year-old kid. This movie will ruin. Yeah, yeah. This is. I, I'm. I don't think I they should see it, it, but it would ruin them. Do you know? Like, oh, if, I do. If they catch it on like late I, night I, TV, they're done. You know what I mean? Oh, I, I, oh, I, 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 th- I think they should see it. I am. I am envious that I don't get to watch this version of this as, you know, a a nine or ten year old kid now who only knows you know horror movies through you know the the relatively safer 
uh, like the the PG thirteen stuff that, well, that right. mainly comes out like, now. Like you know, and and I mean, and more of the highbrow like R rated movies are just k- kids aren't going to be able to sit through them. Like the witch, no children, yeah. no child's going to watch the witch. But but this it movie, this is a creature feature. You know what I mean? Right, this yeah. is a this yeah. is like child's play, and The Exorcist. Mm-hmm. This is like a no. This thing is going to shake your core if you're a kid. You right, know, especially yeah. because it's kids in peril. I mean, it, when you break it down. Stand by me. You, you change a couple of little things about it. That's a full-on horror story too. It, it's not right. the way it's depicted, but it, it's got the same themes. And man, yeah, and, and there's scenes in this movie where I sat there thinking, if I, you know, n- not to bring up a movie that that doesn't succeed as well with doing this type of thing, but I feel like there's children that are going to be in the theater seeing this that are going to be like the kids in Super Eight. That are like sitting in the theater watching like the Spielberg movies of the eighties. This movie is going to inspire, like right. your next um, Adam Wingards and Mike Flanagan, like this whole new group of young horror directors that are just nailing it. This is going to inspire that whole new generation. A movie like this, and man, for us to be saying this about a remake, for Christ's sakes, right? When have we gotten a remake this good? Not often. Especially now Not where often. it's the mill. Like, the remake mill would make you think this was going to be junk. Yeah. It should have been. And and that's why I think mm-hmm. if they falter, it's going to be in the sequel only because that that story is such a hard one to tell. I mean, it's like the second half of Dreamcatcher, right? You either get on board with where that's going or, or mm-hmm. it loses you, you know, yeah. in, in just how ridiculous the second half of that story is. Um, yeah, I would, I, I, I can, I can go there and there's stuff in there that, that should not work. Like logically, if you told me that, uh, like, like the bit when Pennywise is giant and is jumping around in the garage, that should, oh, but work. it's so awesome. Sh- yeah. That shouldn't be a good scene. Like, like it, like if you got that in the script phase, like if, if I'm saying that I, I want this movie to be good, I would be saying, okay, no, 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 no. You, you cut away as soon as the big head comes out of the thing and that's enough. You don't actually have your your guy in the clown suit momentarily as a giant you know crawling around in the garage because it's going to look but instead and instead they they did it and it was awesome it works the way some of the big set pieces from poltergeist worked yeah you know where you go no giant skull comes out of closet no (laughs) and and it just works you know what i mean um and it it's just so it's so good to see i mean everybody on there was working on all cylinders but it easily could have just gone wrong um easily um and and i mean and they they gave the movie room to be nasty i mean beverly's whole subplot with her dad is nasty how much of that is Mm. influenced by the town being influenced by negativity and how and pennywise or the deadlights you know or or how much of it is just that he's a fucking creep you know what i mean and then um uh the whole scene with the bullies they they fleshed out that bully character a lot more than i thought they would and and then you got to wonder is he going to be around because that was part of the uh, what I remember from the original movie is that the bully's still around they haven't fall down a well in this one who, who knows where that's going to go but um yeah that yeah, well that's the thing is if they do the the second half of this now they they're going to have to have a whole other whole other direction that it goes I mean they, they kind of have to anyway I mean you know they've uh, um, no no hold on. you have you read it I am actually reading it right now. Oh, okay. All right. So I won't. I I won't. I won't. Uh, I won't talk further about it. But like the 
you know, every version of this that they've done or tried to do has had to grapple with the fact that even for a Stephen King book, it's unadaptable because the the cross-cutting future narrative thing doesn't work at will not work in a movie. Yeah, especially I I do know of because I remember about it from uh from just researching it. I I do know of the the incredibly awkward coming of age um child gangbang stuff that they uh that they get into that just doesn't or the orgy should I say that just would not yeah. ever be adaptable ever. <laughs> yeah. Well, you shouldn't. Well, no, obviously you just yeah. shouldn't. Well, yeah. Well, obviously they're they're going to leave that out and whatnot. But but there's other uh, stuff I'm, I'm too ta- that I just don't know about yet. Well, no, I'm talking more about the fact that like the uh, the, the the fact that the narrative is not linear, past and future. It's we're going back and forth between you know adulthood and childhood stuff, which in the book is is fascinating because of the you know the the the, the cross cutting, mm. you know, and and the comparison. But uh, in uh, in terms of the movie, or doing it as a movie, that kind of thing never works, because how are we supposed to be worried about them as kids? We know right. they all make it to adulthood. Right, but I guess the um, I guess the second movie, they're going to play around with that, though. Because you got to recast well, uh, those yeah. kids, right? <laughs> yeah, well, well and, and presumably we have to find out about them as, uh, you know, as, as teenagers and whatnot, and... You know, again, this is not to 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 give some shit to to the book, but like the the book leans really hard on the idea that you don't actually remember your own childhood. Right, you think you do. You know that you you and that you know major important things can happen to you, and you can completely forget them because so much has changed. Uh, or you can uh, wise things that you think are a big deal could have either never happened or happened inaccurately from your perception because your perception changes so much. But, you know, in, in practical terms, in the movie, if they start out the adult version and all of these, and, and you know, these people are saying, it's like, hey, wow, are, do, do you think that thing where we all fought a monster clown actually happened? Right. People are going to go, no, there's no way. That 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 would stick with but you. I have, like, at a, at a, but I have yeah. a feeling... Instead, what they'll try to do to play with that, and again, I don't know. I have, you know, what would be cool if I was doing it was I would use that as place to fill in gaps of like things we don't see to build on character development. Because right now, this movie is really lean. Like it's a long movie, but it's really lean in how much it tells you about Pennywise. You can tell that mm-hmm. they're they're only, and I love it. They're only giving you what the kids find out instead of like yeah. there being like some old character. To come in and be like, well, when I fought him last 27 years ago, I found out right, that yeah. it was this. So instead, they get to learn all of that in the next movie. So I, mm. I think that'll be really cool in that, you know, we can get like, you know, a scene of added, you know, oh, I had another encounter with it that we didn't show you. And that, you know, I, I find that it's the perfect way to prequel. Don't do a prequel, you know, just to make your own movie. Do, do it to add some cool stuff that'll actually feel like it fits. So so I yeah. I hope when they made this movie they already knew what they were going to do for the second one. And I hope it's not just like a letdown like you know when you get a a great sequel or a you know two movies made at the same time but they really weren't, you know, and there was reshoots. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I I just I have a lot of high hopes, but I think if they don't stick the landing, this movie is still a great movie in its own right. Yeah. You know, it it doesn't need the landing to be stuck to to change that this was great. Mm. No, I agree. I agree. I thought it was awesome. And uh yeah. So yeah, so so the two of you listening who haven't seen it yet. Yes. You know, we just can, talked uh, t- about take it. Our recommend, yeah, our recommendation to go see it. 
And um, I have not seen the last movie that direct. It's the director and his sister are the director producer team that made this. Um, I believe and, so. And yeah. they made Mama. I have not seen that. That was good. Yeah, I've I've, good. I've heard really good yeah. things, but I haven't checked that out yet. So, yeah, I wouldn't call it wonderful, but it's good. Well, it, it, yeah. Um. So what else? Uh. Oh, I saw um. I saw Lego Ninjago. Oh, you, you did. You, okay. you other critics listening out there that don't seem to know just good is still okay. Jesus, I really <laughs> enjoyed it. I, I yeah, I thought it was fun. It's it's very. The way the way that I described it is it's it's like somebody said, well, I like it. And I said, here's the deal. I said. Imagine you because you can't use this example with Lego Batman because Lego Batman's its own thing, right? You don't have to be a fan of Lego at all or even like the aesthetic of the Lego movie. You could have hated the Lego movie. I have a feeling if you're still a superhero fan, you're going to love Lego Batman because it's a good Batman movie. (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's also a good geek movie. That movie is layered like, I mean, it's robot chicken people, right? So it's layered like an episode of that. The Lego the yeah. Lego movie was about way more, you know, it, it was about subverting the idea that we can make a movie about a product and we want to sell that product to you and we guarantee you're going to buy the product, but the movie is literally telling you you shouldn't. <laughs> and and I and so and so that's what's cool about the Lego movie. Lego Ninjago just kind of I won't say that it's coasting, but it it doesn't attempt to even be what those two things are. So, so the way I described it to someone is I said, "Okay, it's it's visually beautiful. You you can't leave that out. It might even be better looking than the last two. Like they, they they're just really dialing this in. It it looks great." Mm. Um I said, "But take the Lego Simpsons episode and rewatch that and then pretend that you've never heard of the Simpsons. Said okay. Mm. So you're left yeah. with a really endearing cute story that's actually very childish at its core, which was also the thing with the Lego Batman movie, right? The difference between the yeah. Lego movie and the Lego Batman movie is the Lego Batman movie is straight up a kids movie. The Lego yeah. movie is more speaking to adults. The Lego Batman movie if you take out the geeky stuff that's going to drag you in, that movie's made for children. Like that story yeah. is very simple and very Pixar-ish, you know what I mean? And it's delivery. Um, this Lego Ninja Ninjago movie is much more of that. You know, it's very simple in what it's trying to tell you. But also, mm. if you're not down for that, like if you don't find seeing Legos on screen with like a happy, you know, child kind of story to it, then it's not for you, whereas the other two kind of had a more universal appeal. If you don't like Ninjago and don't know the brand, which apparently people that know the brand anyway don't like it because they threw everything about the brand out the door. But again, if you don't have any identity to it, it's kind of just the father-son story from the Lego movie over again. But but done in a really cute way and forgetting that the other part of it is a very scared kid walks into Jackie Chan basically playing the guy from Gremlins. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, who realizes that the kid is sad and gives him a story to make him feel better with his Lego characters. And to me, that's what the freaking brand is about. Yeah. So so I found the movie super endearing. Is it is it a home run like the first two? No way, but it's a solid three, three and a half star movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's fine. And, yeah. and, and, and I just, I couldn't believe it. It kind of broke my heart 
when I saw the lower ratings, thank you, the summer where Rotten Tomatoes killed Hollywood, or whatever. Um, but, uh, you know, um, it just really, it's it surprised me that people were so willing to jump ship so soon. Well, I think some of it is that the this is the first of the Lego movies that's only about a Lego thing. Right, right. You know, that, like, the, the, the like, the... I, I wonder if the the Lego movie I, I I would hope I still would have liked it but I would I, I genuinely wonder if the critic reaction to that one would have been different if it wasn't leaning so hard on uh, not only just you know hey we, we all like Legos but on the 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 place that Lego has in the imaginations and memories of guys who are the Will Ferrell characters' age in that. Well, movie. but I mean that that's kind of the whole point. But I I mean it, as as a as a direct argument back to that, this movie is then talking directly to the sun. Yeah, and and it's getting less good reviews than my my point is is that the uh, I I think that. A lo- some of the oh this is substantially less good than the other two Lego movies reviews are just a function of you know this is kind of the same it, it's on the same lines as the other two but it doesn't have an extra layer of anything else right and, for... and it definitely didn't yeah that that is a legitimate yeah. criticism but I'm not sure I think when you set up the pins you know what I mean and and kind of establish yeah. what this is about by bringing people in. You're allowed a couple that are just kind of okay. We have a brand now, so here you go. Right. Yeah. And this is like the 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 most popular original Lego thing that they have. And and I I found like it their, hysterical. Their like the 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 Meowthra gag is goddamn inspired. They did a thousand of those gags in the Lego movie, right? But something yeah, right. about them just filming a cat attacking shit and then making it be that it's destroying the city cracks me the fuck up. You, yes. you know, like I, I just yeah. found that really funny. You know, I wish that hadn't been. I wish they hadn't put that in the. Trailer. Me too. Like it, it's, it's, yeah. it's because they lacked confidence. I'm sure the pre-screenings didn't go all that well. Uh, you know, but, yeah. but it's, it's. I mean, maybe, maybe, I, maybe I like it more because I'm kind of in the niche hipster thing where I like it and nobody else does. But I really, really liked it. <laughs> you know, I was into it. It's, uh, it's weird. Have you seen this thing that the, uh, the, the there, there's the, the existing fan base for Ninjago specifically is really angry is it well they're they're bitterly divided over the movie because because again I I had to look this shit up because I don't I don't yeah I I know know zero about Ninjago before going into this movie yeah I I knew it was a Lego thing that was about Ninja that that was that was kind of about it and apparently it the, the TV show has been on for like you know seven years and uh which is a long time for one of these right and uh i what what uh, is apparently the issue is that the uh the the show is not necessarily serious but not a self parody uh like like the like the the movie is a spoof of the show which which again i find really cool that they have like this our entire brand is breaking the fourth wall and then breaking that fourth wall. And, and, right, and yeah. I like that. I mean, I, I think it works, but I could see if you're serious about something, but I mean, they still have their show, right? It, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. The show's heading into like season eight or something. It's, it's just, it, it's weird. It, it's weird. I can't see someone who liked the first two, not liking this. It just, it's weird to me. 
You know what I mean? Is it is it a lesser being or lesser entity? Yeah, but I think that's by design. I don't think it's a failing mm. of it. I th- I think they set out to kind of do that. Yeah. You know, does it fully work? No, there's some there's some stuff that kind of falls into like Austin Powers movie like sketch territory. You know that 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 mm. the other two didn't really have. You know, but but man, you know the 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 gags came quick and the characters were funny. Um and mm. Jackie Chan, you know, is is always I've never really heard him as a voice actor, so although he did some voice in one of the nut job movies, but that doesn't really count. Those are terrible. Mm. Um, wasn't wasn't this the exact same Jackie Chan uh, intro like framing device that was in the Forbidden Kingdom? Yes, it was. I believe. There's a movie you haven't thought of in a while, nope, and we're not going to think about it anymore. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. <laughs> By the way, speaking of Jackie Chan, the foreigner looks ridiculous. Yeah, I like. I'm 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 here for Jackie Chan playing his age. Yeah, I mean, you know. Say what you will about some of the oddness of his relationships with America and China and and everything else, but yeah, it, it's interesting to see Jackie Chan in basically Taken. Yeah. Um. But man, it looks good. It looks really good. No, no, I'm I'm here for it. I'm I'm here for 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 you know old pissed off Jackie Chan beating up all of what looks like London. Yeah, I, I think that that's exactly what's happening there. Yeah. Yeah, well, like no, the premise of the movie is is that he's like a uh, he he he's he's playing a guy from China, uh, you know, uh, and in his his daughter, he's visiting his daughter in in London, and there's uh, an IRA terrorist bombing. Ho- holy shit, that hasn't been a thing in a while. Yeah, right? it's almost like somebody writing the script wanted to attempt to be topical but not topical. It's very, yes, you know. It, haven't haven't thought about the IRA in decades. Yeah, I mean, what what but, since uh, since maybe blown away. Yeah, wow. Boston that, that, Boston that. movies. Yeah, so, uh, so so like there's an IRA bombing, and Jackie Chan is like trying to like beat the identities of the terrorists out of the Irish Prime Minister, I think, or or the Irish uh, Ambassador, and it's Pierce Brosnan. It, it's so cool because it basically looks like a lot of the action set pieces, they kind of went, you know what would be cool? If we basically remade all of the action scenes from Predator and Rambo 2? You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and just yeah, stuck yeah. Jackie Chan into the situations. Because yeah, I haven't I'm, seen Jackie I'm, I'm Chan on, use this it. many firearms in a movie trailer in a really long time. Like, it, it's very... Yeah, not usually. It's very, like, over the top, but in, like, a serious... It has kind of, like, a Logan feel to, like, how they're cutting right. the trailer together. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just very odd. And, and I'm, I'm on board. I think it's going to be great. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I I I want to see where this goes. This, this should be a thing. You know, J- Jackie Chan is... Jackie Chan is is walking under his own power at this stage in his life, and that's really kind of amazing. Yeah, Be, because you know all a lot of these you know Hong Kong you know the uh, the action stars they wind up with serious health problems later in life because there was no taking care of them on set for the movie that they were known for. No, you know they and you worked you through know, it. You you pushed through. Yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, one. I I remember some like back when Jackie Chan was first coming to the states, and you know people would ask him, uh, you know, it's like, wow, uh, you know, it, it looks like you you get pretty badly hurt uh, in the bloopers for those movies. That's uh, you know, how, 
uh, how, how do you get away from that? And he would just look at him and was like, no, I, I, I don't. I, I broke my goddamn leg. I, I, my, my, my goddamn leg broke right the hell in half. Uh, when, when, when I, when we did that, and they're like, well, how, um, how do you, you get past that? And it's like, well, we're in, you know, we're making movies in mainland China in, uh, you know, the late seventies, early eighties. So, uh, a lot of booze. Yeah. <laughs> a, lot, a, a lot of alcohol and, and, uh, and, and a handshake. Yeah. And then get your ass back yeah. on set. All right. Walk it off. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So, yeah. So no, yeah, that, that looks awesome. So yeah, it's been, it's been a while since I saw. Uh, no, I've I've seen a couple of, like good things in in preview screenings, but uh, not uh, not a lot of uh, big stuff just yet. I don't. I I think I uh, actually no, I'm I'm not allowed to say what I see uh, next week. But uh, something, some review embargo dropped today. Um, For, oh, Blade uh, Runner. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, Blade Runner dropped. I, I haven't seen Blade Runner. Oh yet, Blade man, Runner, it it, uh, it has looked so good, and the dropping of the review embargo makes me feel so much more enthusiastic now that i know that it looking good wasn't just good marketing at least i hope because man i only like i told you before on this podcast i only saw blade runner recently and i have fallen in love with it so i cannot fucking wait for this and yeah and i mean everything i mean again you're bound to trip up somewhere but everything this director has seemed to touch has been gold so, mm. or at least, or at least, you know, looked at as gold, even if, you know, not everyone has liked all of it. So I'm, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. I don't know how you're feeling. I, anything Jared Leto goes near, I get cautious of, but, uh, yeah, I am, I am, uh, I am hoping for the best and mitigating my hopes by reminding myself that, you know, Jared Leto is in the movie. Yeah. So, you know, that, we'll that see, doesn't we'll always hurt a film doesn't always it can yeah, be I good know. despite I him i mean i i i do think this whole i wore the contact so long that now i'm legally blind and that's called method acting it's like no fuck you yeah. fuck you <laughs> like come on yeah i i am i'm i'm i i I hope he's good in this, but after this, I feel like that's enough, Jared. Well, and and I I, I read one like because I'm trying to have nothing spoiled. Um, but but I read yeah, one little same. like sizzle clip that said it was great. It was amazing. They go, Roger Deakins deserves an Academy Award for the beautiful cinematography and filming of the sets, and we really wish Jared Leto didn't try to devour all of that beautiful cinematography. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, he sucks. He sucks so bad. Yeah, I, I guess he was unfortunately cast because David Bowie passed away, is from what I've been hearing recently. Mm. Was that David Bowie after, um, oh man, David Bowie is Nikolai Tesla in the freaking Prestige, is just yeah. still one for the ages, man. Yeah, that was awesome. I, th- I love that movie. I mean, I, I, I love Chris Nolan to death. I hate a lot of his fans to death. But that movie, yeah. that movie cannot be touched, in my opinion. In the pantheon of things he's great. made, it's it's just so different than everything else he's made, in a very good yeah. way. It, it it's just mm-hmm. it's so good, and it's got my cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> my cocaine. Speaking of my cocaine, um, <laughs> yeah. I uh, I was in the summer movie wager. 
have, have you heard of this? I forget the name of the website that does it, but there's a podcast or a, maybe it's slash slash dot. I, I forget who, but they do like a very publicized. We pick the movies before the beginning of the summer season and see how it plays out and like do podcasts where we talk shit with each other. And you can do it like a like a pro sports, like fantasy football thing with your friends. So okay. so a buddy of mine sent it to me and I get in on it. And the idea is if you win, you have to either pick personally or pick a movie for the whole group to watch. So like mm. his penance for losing our uh, our winner picked uh, Jaws the Revenge. Oh, you know, that old chestnut um, where the, the shark we, we, we leave out that detail um, that the shark blew up in, at the end of Jaws, you know, the 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 damn near Academy Award um, level film that could be my favorite movie ever made. Um, Jaws, and we leave out that little tidbit and still cast Brody's wife thinking that the shark is still out there and and sentient and after her. Um, well, it's it's not supposed to no, be the no, same No, 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 Bob, Bob, I watched it again. The, the dialogue is really in there. All of her kids and everyone else are telling her it can't possibly be because it, you know, they say something like, um, like, Dad warded it off. They never say killed it, and when you see the smile, you son of a bitch with the gun, they don't show the shark explode. So I think whoever was in the editing booth was trying to say that it's the same shark. Oh, Jesus, I forgot Even that. though at this point, the sh- and for some reason, the shark is able to leap out of the water in slow motion and, and change yeah, direction yeah. in the air. And, um, yeah, and, yeah. and it's really, really bad. Like I remember it, I remember it being really bad, but it's so bad, Bob, that I have come to the terms and had to rewatch, but have come to the terms that Jaws 3D is a better film. Oh, absolutely, but but, no question. For those of you listening that have seen Jaws 3 and maybe have skipped Jaws: The Revenge, you're probably saying this is impossible (laughs) because Jaws 3D literally has cardboard cutout sharks being moved around in the water. Yeah, <laughs> but th- yeah, it does. Have this that. movie is is complete abysmal garbage. Um, but it brings up an incredible quote that I looked up that I don't know if you remember from our good friend well, I, Mike O'Kane. I, I believe who, I do. Yeah, who, when he ahead. was asked, Michael, um, what what are your thoughts on Jaws: The Revenge in the pantheon of films that you've made? And he goes, Oh, that one. I've never actually seen it, but but I did see the house it bought. So there's always that. <laughs> Michael Caine could not go to the Academy Awards to pick up his Oscar for Hannah and her because sisters he was because he was Jaws the Revenge. He, he, yeah, he was. He was. He was wherever they were shooting Jaws the Revenge. He was. Uh, he was there shooting Jaws. The, that's the one that that that's the that's the Jaws where the the shark they 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 take the model fully out of the water and have it kind of coasting on top of the water and it bites the person off the giant raft and it roars. Yes, it roars. Um it definitely roars. And it's got like that generic like Hanna-Barbera T-Rex roar where it's like Yeah, it it that, it, that it roars. It seems to kill for sport. Um it yeah, uh, yeah. it um it for some reason explodes when impaled, which doesn't really make any sense. Um it uh there's scenes where it's being pulled through the water where you can just tell that it like they don't even have like the animatronics are on. It's just kind of flopping yeah. around like a half inflated yeah. pool toy. Um, right. Which is crazy because another thing I read about it is it was the first film to have the underwater scenes filmed with some like revolutionary camera. 
So these underwater scenes, especially being able to see it on Netflix, where it's like, you know, a nice, like, nice print of this terrible movie, um, they right. look incredible. Like, the underwater scenes look like they were filmed, like, 20 years later than the above water scenes. But they're filming, like, this terrible rubber shark that it, it's it's really bad. It's, I can't even, I mean, I remember from a kid it being pretty bad. It's really bad. Hmm. Um. Yeah, Jaws the Revenge. That that jerk. Yeah, that's that's not a good not a good. Not I mean, good I mean, film. it was a good choice for 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 what what he was pulling off there. But man, ick. Did that? Uh, did, did 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 anyone mark out for seeing uh, the um, Mrs. Kittner at the funeral? Yes, yes, I noticed that. Um, yeah, that's that's a that that's a weirdly like well paid attention to detail in Jaws the Revenge, like. They they've literally gone through so much of the cast that like Elaine Gary is the only uh, actress like, oh, person who related and to Jaws. She's <laughs> so bad in it. Is she? It, I a, feel it's, it's I feel shame. bad. She's really bad in it. Yeah. But but they they managed to to grab the actress who played uh you know Billy Kittner's mother in the first Jaws to come back and do an unspeaking cameo at like the the kit the the. the the elder Brody son's funeral in Jaws the Revenge. Do you know what's really cool? I went on a um, a bus tour in Martha's Vineyard where Jaws was filmed, mm-hmm. where all of them mostly were filmed. Um, even though I think a, some of Jaws the Revenge that was supposed to be Amity like Harbor was filmed on the Jaws ride at Universal, which is kind of silly. Um, but... Uh, Alex Kittner, the kid who played Alex Kittner, still lives on Martha's Vineyard because he was just a local. Yeah. And so so that's kind of cool. I was hoping maybe somewhere on the tour we'd get to meet him. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, so Jaws the Revenge. Yeah. So what else have I seen? Oh, I saw Spider-Man Homecoming a second time because it played at the drive-in with Lego. And I, and I, okay. and I enjoyed it. It's a good movie. I, I actually liked it a lot more the second time. I thought some of the, okay. I thought some of the things I felt were a little, I kind of felt the first time like a lot of the Tony Stark stuff was um almost filmed by a different crew in a different room you know yeah um and it didn't feel that way this time around I just you know it came with it the baggage of like we had talked about and you had talked about you know the please let me be an Avenger is you know like Sony and Marvel <laughs> fighting stuff it, it wasn't as right, it, yeah. it didn't feel as heavy-handed this time around and and I'll still say that if anyone listening this hasn't seen it yet it is worth it in almost entirely for for Michael Keaton's villain He's he's yeah, really he's one of the best of the whole MCU that they've had as a villain. Yeah. He he makes you give a shit. You know what I mean? And and he's and he yeah. and he's vile when he needs to be. And his character yeah. arc is incredibly out of left field, even though it should have been like right on the nose. And and yeah, I and I yeah. liked it a lot. For for that respect. It's still it's still very small. Mm-hmm, but um mm-hmm. but the villain is great. Um, so what else? What what have we? You know, we, we did a lot about. Me. What have you seen, sir? Uh, that you can talk shit, about. You saw I, Mother. I uh, haven't got. I haven't put myself through that yet. Yeah, I I would uh, I I would exercise caution around Mother. I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, m- 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 I I thought it was really good. Uh, I have a feeling that like this is like. I, I think that there are certain uh, that, that that there are people that if you tell them that they should go uh, see this movie uh, that that they that they will want to punch me right in the mouth. right or or just never speak to you again afterward. 
yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I think it's uh, that. I think that it's just, you know, if if more people saw it opening weekend, uh, if I were Darren Aronofsky, I I would hire like a bodyguard for for just a little while, oh. Be, because I think there are some things people just do not want you to show them, and if you show that. And and if you do, people are gonna be just mad, you know. Like 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 I thought I was like because I I kind of cued in on where we were heading pretty early on, and I kind of thought I was like, okay, all right, if they're if they're following this through all the way, this is gonna be you know like holy shit, I can't believe I saw that unpleasant. But like the audience, uh, I completely understand why people are coming out of this one going, nope, nope, not again, not. Uh, but but I yeah. think that's awesome. As as do I that even though I haven't what, what seen I, it and I and I know that you know it it's gonna jar. I mean, this this guy. I mean, there's all of his movies. You know, especially in the we we go to the easy one. You know, you get Requiem for a Dream. Requiem for a Dream has it, it assaults you. It it's yeah. not just the visuals and it's not just the audio. And it's not just the subject matter, and it's not just the way it's cut. It's all of those things, kind of like, um, kind of like with Irreversible. It's it's all of those things coming together to make you, make you have to fight to keep your eyes on it and stay in the seat and keep your eyes open and not just have a gut wrenchingly negative reaction to what they're putting you through. And mm, um, mm, I mean, mm. I I think there's a there's too little of that. I mean that used to be. Yeah. I mean that used to be a whole genre, right? <laughs> yeah. Um. <clears throat> so I, I give the guy credit for being that pretentious to think that he can be, you know, so pretentious that you end up coming back around and either respecting him for it or going completely off the cliff, you know. But uh, but I mean right. I haven't seen it. I, I'm only speculating. But um, it, to me that's a success. I do like that he and both the production company, when they came up with their F Cinema score, went awesome. That <laughs> was kind yeah. of the reaction. Like this is like almost like yeah, sure. Don't worry, we'll 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 do better next time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think uh, yeah, you know, it's it feels like a a movie that if if I described line for line what the movie was. It would sound like something that you'd put in a parody of Hollywood. Exactly. Or that that's kind of the feeling I got from the trailer. It, it, well, it's like re- remember. Uh, no one remembers this movie anymore. But there, there was a a movie called Simone with Al Pacino. Yes. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, where where, where he he made like the CGI actress and she got too famous and he had to like try to get rid of her and his idea for getting rid of her was to make a like a really uh, pretentious art film where this glamorous actress that everyone loved is getting dragged through the mud and awful things are happening and just the worst shit in the world and uh, like that was the you know this will do it this will kill the career this feels like that this this feels like Jennifer Lawrence wants like four or five years off from work well it's it's and, like it's know, like it's the punchline <laughs> for the producers yeah yeah you know what I mean yeah. but but but, but yeah. there's no like there's no fourth wall in which that's the point. It's just kind of like, no, we just made that movie. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's quite it's a hell of a thing. I I can't wait to uh, see it. Yeah. Oh, I saw uh 
you know, this is that time of year where I have to ask myself whether or not stuff I've seen is uh, is actually being shown around yet. Right. But, uh, that, that's why I'm not leading yeah. with asking any questions. <laughs> right. Right. I'm, I'm trying to think. Where I was, um, oh, I saw American Made, which is completely forgettable. That's kind of a bummer, but I, I figured yeah, as much. But, yeah, it's it's a it's a whatever. Um, oh, I I've seen uh, the. Uh, you know our our first of two Winnie the Pooh movies this year. I saw uh, the really the, the what are the two? I uh, knew of one. Well, they're they're doing the uh, the hook, but with Winnie the Pooh movie. Uh, Disney's doing, uh, which uh, you know someone made that movie because someone's trying to kill me. Yeah, so the, that uh, isn't the one you've seen then. Yeah, no, no, the one, the one I said, um, someone did. Oh, goodbye, Christopher Robin, which is the uh, the the doc. It's a biopic of A.A. Uh, a. Milne and and his son, and the writing of well, Winnie that the that Pooh. title makes me think that I'm not going to be able to make it through it. Yeah, that that's a, that's a rough one. That's not uh, you know a ama- you, you know I I I don't know if you've heard this kind of premise for a biopic before, Chris. But uh, the story behind uh, the life of a person who wrote a very whimsical children's book actually quite dark. No, I don't believe it. You made that up. Fake yeah, news, Bob. N- yeah, Fake news. No, 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 no. You know, it's uh, apparently there was this thing uh, called World War One, and uh, it, uh, you know, for the people who were in it, just not a good experience. Really? Yeah. No. Apparent. Apparently, long. But but, long, but world wars yeah. show the strength of our ancestors, Bob. Nothing bad they, happened they did, to they, anyone. Yeah, no. Ap- apparently, this uh, you know there was this thing called uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. No, no, not a real thing. Yeah, be- no, be- and uh, people's and the, emotions don't matter, Bob. Yeah, right. And and that this is a thing that uh, you know uh, apparently was not invented uh, uh, by the uh, the Vietnam War. Apparently, people got this from other wars. No way. Yeah, and that it was. But, but and, Bob, and my reached, great my uh, great grandparents weren't snowflakes, Bob. Oh yes, well. Wow. So, yeah, so, so no, actually, no. Yeah, this this is actually, yeah, no. This is actually a very, uh, it's actually a, a very, uh, a, a sweet movie. Is it, it's with, so it's uh, good. So I need to see it because yeah. this is this is like yeah, I, this is like my my slash depressant slash antidepressant is everything Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, I think it's it's a it's a really interesting. I, I don't know if it's like the the definitive version of of this, but. Uh, you know, it, it's it is interesting. You know, and I think you know a lot of people who who don't know quite where all of this came from is, uh, you know, will will be very interested. It's uh, it's it's not the author biography that I'm most excited about, but because uh, I uh, I I think it's a few weeks out, but I eventually get to see Professor Marston and the Wonder that Women. That looks so good. <laughs> which is which which I love that this is like I have a feeling this would have been a good thing now, but the fact that this is coming out like four months after Wonder Woman is. Oh, 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 yeah! I, I've seen Wonder Woman three times now. Yeah, yeah, three times, and the good third film. time, my daughter sat on my lap and watched almost the whole thing. Oh, and that good. made me—I mean, it is. I think I told you this in the last podcast. It really does nearly take a complete nosedive in the third act, but I didn't care because yeah. the movie is freaking a home run up to that point. Yeah, yeah. Ah. Uh, so, so you've seen? Yeah, some, um, did you see Stronger? No, not yet. Not yet. That Unfortunately, is supposedly to, yeah. really good. I'm, I'm, I've heard very good things about Stronger, and uh, for for those of you who are listening for the first time and can't tell by our ridiculous accents, uh, this is uh, we, we're we're both from Boston area, so uh, 
you know, we're we're always going to have complicated feelings about uh, our marathon bombing Well, it's the movies. Boston Marathon movie, but they didn't have to make up a character played by Mark Wahlberg. No, no, no. You know, I don't know why this guy's uh, legs got blown off. My understanding was Tommy Saunders fixed Yeah, I thought Tommy stuff. Saunders just was there and he was a human shield. He's a real child of God. Real Chris. child real of God. Child He's of got God. some problems, Bob. He might drink a bit too much, Bob. Just a bit. Just a bit. Just I a saw bit. him down at O'Hurley Heath's. Might be a bit too much. <laughs> it's okay, though, because he was there. He actually jumped on top of the pressure cooker, took most of the blow. Oh, yeah. No, no, he was a saint. Oh, Jesus, that's so inappropriate. <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, so it's funny. What The gist I got from the trailer was Jake Gyllenhaal, who is not from this area, um, no. actually can sound better at being from this area than Mark Wahlberg, who, who is from this area. So um, yeah. isn't that interesting? Yeah, no, it, uh, it, it uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, I've heard from, uh, I, I think I'm the only critic in my, like, circle of friends who didn't see Stronger yet because I, I had to, like, see something that I had to review on the same day of the screenings. No, no, it, but, uh, it's yeah. directed by David Gordon Green, who is, in fact, a good director. But Yes, he it, is. It, it, this guy's career is taking an incredibly weird turn because this is the gentleman who made Pineapple Express. Which yep. is, again, great in its own right, but you wouldn't think, you know, Stronger would be from the director of Pineapple Express. No, you He's not. also on deck to, to make another Halloween film. Yeah, yeah, that's that's happening right now. With his Pineapple Express um, star, oh, what's his name? Um, Danny, Danny McBride. McBride. Who yeah. I don't know if he's just on a writing and producing level or if he's going to be in it. And Jamie Lee Curtis is coming back. And... Yeah, and this... the only thing that annoys me because I'm I'm a huge Halloween fan. The only thing that annoys me about this is that they're they're gonna retcon, which is fine. We're gonna pretend that all the shitty ones didn't happen. But I'm from the school of thought that H2O actually wasn't a bad movie. It's not good, but I like what they did in it. So if we would no. if we just continued on from there, I mean, they did make the city shitty sequel to that where it's like, well, the guy that was in the ambulance wasn't actually Michael Byers. That was a person whose throat he crushed and then put the mask on. Mm -hmm. And that, mm -hmm. I mean, that, that sequel was terrible. I think that had like Exhibit or somebody in it, right? I don't even remember which now. Oh, no, no, no. B Buster, Rhymes Buster Rhymes was in... Uh... Was 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 in Halloween Resurrection, right? Uh, which would no, no no because that's one where he he describes Michael Myers as a shark. Y yes, yes. Uh huh. <gasps> you want to know who Michael Myers is? Michael Myers, a great white shark. And, and I love Buster Rhymes, but why? No, he 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 rules. But, but that's why? The wrong. Uh, it's the wrong place to do that. <laughs> Jesus. Um. But uh. Yeah. So yeah. so that's that's going to be an interesting turn of events. Yeah. No. I'm. I'm cautiously optimistic. Uh, John Carpenter seems to be on board this time, which is good. Yeah, he's going to do the score. Yeah. Because when he's not on board, he lets you know. Oh, yeah. yeah. So uh, he, he is... Uh, we'll see. We'll see. I, You know, I love the original Halloween, you know, and I think the second one is pretty cool, and the third one is, uh, you know, well, the third one is the different one, so it's... it's I open, like the so third it, one. It has it. It has its own thing going, and it's fun. Uh, you know, the the fourth one is better than it has any right to be, and then they're all bad. Yeah, the the fourth one kind of falls into the category of all of the Jason movies that weren't the first one with Jason in it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, because there's there's a there's a good that the Friday the Thirteenth movies hit every once in a while, and the fourth Halloween movie is that. 
You know what I yeah. mean? And then they, they just went nowhere. But H2O I liked. H2O was like a perfect mm-hmm. 90s because that was the post-Scream, you know, and, and they just they yeah. just went and made a, a straight slasher movie. You know, it happened right. to have the characters from a Scream movie in it. But other than that, you know, right. and, and, and I, I liked that about it. I, I thought the, you know, witness protection angle and everything was cool. Um, I mean, it's mm. very generic, but it worked, you know. That was the one with LL Cool J, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. You know, I, I, it's weird that like Halloween is a much better franchise than Friday the Thirteenth, but I feel like Jason is a more interesting character than Michael Myers is. Absolutely. But it so so it's 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 odd, but uh, you know we. I, I, I don't even dislike the uh, the the Rob Zombie movies. No, you know, no, I know I, that, like, there's it's... there's a big dividing line, but everything about Rob Zombie's first Halloween that's not just a direct shot for shot remake of the original Halloween is is yeah. great. It's weird and it's different, but it's great. Um, yeah, and and the sequel had had the other people that were Rob Zombie really shown up to kind of give that the all that it needed. He took it in a really yeah. cool direction. I just thought the movie was kind of clunky. You know what I mean? It, the acting was really kind of not there, and the but mm-hmm. but I liked the direction he took it. It was at least unique. It was its own thing. Yeah. You know what I like about Rob Zombie's Halloween Two is that Michael wears his Halloween mask over a beard. Yes. It's just sort of it's it's just another way to to you know make Michael just a little bit grosser. Yeah, it really does, and I. You know, that actually is something I really liked, and liked is a you know gross term in this, but I liked that in Rob Zombie's version, he was he was like a hulking, just gross, like everything yeah. about the character was just vile. You know what I mean? It, it, yeah. Like I I won't be I I I will not go so far as to say that uh, you know uh, anything else in the Rob Zombie movies is among, like, the best of this or that version of Halloween. No. Uh, that being said, I think hit that version, uh, that that's Tyler Maine under the, under the, the mask. Ty- in, in Tyler, the Tyler Maine, like, right. like, like just yeah. going for the fences with, with his portrayal yeah, of I, Michael Myers. I, I honestly think Tyler Maine might be the best Michael Myers. Yeah, I, I mean, if, if I was anybody, I'd cast him. Yeah, I, I mean, and you, you know what's nuts about those? I mean, cast him uh, again, like in, in whatever they're yeah. making, you know? The, those are the the only slasher movies where, where the, the, the main bad guy mainly just uses a big knife that you kind of buy it. Yeah. You know, because like, you know, R- Rob Zombie is pretty good at some things. He picked really good sound and editing people for his Halloweens because, like, the the way that they shoot and use the sound effects for when Michael is stabbing people in those movies... It just sounds too real. (laughs) Well, it it not only sounds too real, it sounds like the knife is a courtesy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, it, like... Like it's set. Like if if he didn't have the knife there, he would just be beating you to death, and it would be taking a little longer. Yeah. And uh, and well, also in the the second one, especially, uh, I don't know. Um, I don't know how long it's been since you've seen the second one, but uh, there's two uh, scenes in that movie that look really we of the Michael breaking down doors scenes. Yes. That that look really unusual in the 
the the the I think the second one opens with the uh Oh, is this the they were uh, supposed to have a fake stunt door and forgot to tell Tyler they had weren't shooting that scene yet? Well no, they they <laughs> built he was it, it, in the first scene of the movie he's supposed to break down a shed, you know, like like a security shed and they when they were building up the set the you know when you build up a, a physical set for hollywood movies they tell you which ones are real structures and which ones are supposed to break away for action scenes so that nothing like blows up or whatnot and they got there and the guys had built a working shed you know it had a foundation it had solid walls it was reinforced had real electricity running through it so they they got to the to the set there to put this all together and to do the scene and they said okay um we're we're going to have to Reprep the set uh, so that Tyler can smash through the door, the the walls and door of the shed, and it's just going to take another day. And uh, Tyler Maine, who you know, if people are having trouble getting their heads around, he was uh, Sabretooth in the first X Men yes, movie. Yes, he was. And uh, he he's a former professional wrestler and uh, bodybuilder and uh, stuntman, and he is as big as he looks. He he's like a he must be at least seven feet tall, and and he's absurdly tough. You know, he, he's one of these guys, he, like, lives in a cabin and, you know, just cuts his own wood all day or something, and he's, like, an absurdly strong person. So, when they told them, we have to break down the, the door for this shed, you know, he said, you know, what's the door made of? And they told him, well, it's it's just regular wood. And he says, I, I can go through that, just just turn on the camera, we'll do it. And if you watch the scene, it it's not the splintering wood thing that you usually get when you know a movie monster breaks down the door this is an actual shot of what it looks like when someone who's strong enough to, to knock through a door pull, yeah to to pull you apart with their bare hands just smashes through it's frightening because like you know we're we're trained by movies and and you know our like popular culture to think you know if you if you're running from something you get in your house and you just kind of turn that little bolt on your door that you know you're fine unless they have a tank and it's like no that there there do exist human beings who can just kind of say no I I need to go through that wall and we'll just punch it until they can and then he does it again in another scene in the movie because they have a uh uh, when he when he kills the girl in the bathroom and he breaks down the door, that's another completely real door in a house that he just punched through. It's just insane, you know. So, yeah, so he he is like the the one of the all time great slasher actors in that movie. Uh, you know, it's unfortunate neither of the two movies is a completely good movie, but he's very no. They have they so. have cool ideas and and yeah. and it's it's zombie is an interesting one to watch because it's it's cool to see him learning because again he's he's a fan that became a filmmaker you know what i mean and and for a fan who became a filmmaker to out the gate not make complete shit you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like house of a thousand corpses is a mess of a movie but there's just lots of cool ideas on screen and when Mm -hmm. it needed to be creepy and scary he got creepy and scary he knew how to frame something that was creepy and scary he knew how to make it sound creepy and scary yeah and um Again, he's got his shtick. You know, he basically wants to live in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre universe for the rest of his career, and and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, he tried something different with House of the Devil, uh, not House of the Devil. Sorry, I'm um, Lords of House Salem. House of a Thousand Corpses. No, Lords of Salem. But I, but, oh, right, but yeah, I actually, yeah. I actually yeah. liked that. Um, it took a couple viewings, but um, I, I think that could could probably be that. And the Devil's Rejects are up there with the 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 height of what he's been able to put on screen. But um. Yeah, there's never a movie of his where I don't come away and go, okay, you were at least trying something cool. 
You know, the Halloween mm. movies are far reaches and they don't fully work. Um, but uh, but there's that. Um, yeah. So it, while, while we're on the horror thing, we could plug something. Um, okay. I guess. Um, Bob and I happen to live right next to Salem. Yes. Which those of you listening to this, Salem is the horror capital of the nation because they killed a bunch of young women way back in the day for no reason. But but anyway, um, leaving leaving that aside, <laughs> yeah. you know, witches, yay, um, yeah, um, all right. But but uh, um, people who have seen the movie Paranorman, yes, that's basically Salem. Well, that's the story. I interviewed. When when I interviewed when that movie came out, because the guys the, the guys who made that movie are, are both English and they had not been to Salem, Massachusetts, but they knew of it and their conception for a town that was kind of inappropriately obsessed with a a local witchcraft story was the inspiration for Salem. So they said they wrote a bunch of jokes into the movie and they said, okay, we we just need to write the most absurd versions of, you know, the most absurd, culturally insensitive way, thing that a town would do to capitalize on this being their history. And they just wrote Salem. And be our... Yeah, they, they wrote that. And then they said, and then we came here, uh, you know, to, to just do, like, general research on what, you know, small towns in New England look like. So when we're building the models, and we came back and said, we have to throw out the whole script. They've actually done all of it. Every single thing that we thought was too that it that would be over the line and too far. It's it's just the actual town is so much funnier than anything that we thought that we could write. It really is. It really yeah. is. I mean and and so with that, you know, you all really do have to come here because Salem mm. is something you have to experience. It's it's something to see. Um especially around this time of year, because it just gets chaos for the for the next month. Um yeah. But uh you know the thing I was going to say is film you know and has you know you'd think a city that likes Halloween that much there'd be like this great big almost like Comic-Con or like sci-fi convention-esque like outpouring of geek into the city and the city it's kind of fighting with itself part of the city is this like what Paranorman showed on screen you know the big capitalizing on the not the joke but this terrible thing that we did and turning it into, you know, something fun and, and all this. But the city kind of, like, the old money in the city um, through the, the big museum, the Peabody Essex Museum, which is all, you know, about trade and everything else, um, they've never really kind of merged. They kind of try to keep themselves separate entities, right? This art museum doesn't really want anything to do. And they've kind of fully embraced it this year. So the city has, like, this full-on month-long, like, film fest going on mm. and then they also mm. have the uh um kirk hammett uh metallica kirk hammett um horror movie and sci-fi memorabilia stuff so if, if you guys are near the area and you want to come down um bob and i just go to this we're, we're not like employed by these people or, or you know anything but we we go we've been going to salem our whole life and now they're actually really putting a big push on getting like you know the geek cinema geek sci-fi geek horror all mixed in with this whole ridiculous thing that they have with the the witch trials and Halloween. And um, it's really worth getting out here and checking it out. This year sounds like it's just going to be the, the balls. Um, mm. the, you know, I mean, they, they have a double feature of get out and the people under the stairs. 
You know, she's just completely. <laughs> oh, that's a that is a good right. Feature. Like, <laughs> oh wow, it's just completely I, nuts. I, I wish the people under the I wish the people under the stairs was a good movie, but thematically, but exactly, it's a good and, and that, that's kind of the whole shtick, you know. And um, and right, what's yeah. his name? Adam Green is he might be premiering. Um, what's it called? Um, the the prequel um, Victor, Crowley. Victor Crowley at Count Orlock's Nightmare Gallery. Yes, there is a place called Count Orlock's Nightmare Gallery in Salem. Um, it's awesome. Very good wax museum. It's a really cool wax museum, <clears throat> and yeah. he's I think premiering or and he has Kane Hodder coming. Oh, you nice. know, and every, so it's like because he's a local boy, right? He's the the yeah he, the oh, Jack yeah, Chop. Yeah, <laughs> fucking. You know, I I I really like Adam Green as a filmmaker. I think he is a fine. Filmmaker. I'm not a fan of Hatchet. I'm, yeah, I'm I'm always really glad when he makes uh, another Hatchet movie because it means he's gotten it out of his system and he can make one of his movies that's good, like Frozen. Not not yeah, right, not yeah. the Disney movie. Yeah, yeah, the other Frozen, the people caught on a ski but, lift movie. That's just insanely yeah. good. It is. It is. I don't know, Bob. What else? You seen anything else? No, no, I have not. You have not, or at least that you can I talk about. All right. Well, uh... oh well, like we're we're recording this where where like you know at the time we're recording this, everyone else is uh well some some people else are watching the uh, the debut of Inhumans, and uh, I saw that weeks ago when they had the IMAX roll. Is it any good? I no, but uh, it's uh it's well it's not it's not bad, but it is super cheesy and really I uh like I enjoy I'm I'm gonna watch the rest of it and, and I wanna see how it plays out but it is I I cannot blame anyone that uh that that you know comes at this one and says I don't want to see any more of this. Yeah. It's it's really it's it's a little goofy. It's a little goofy. It looked it looked it. it also looked kinda cheap. But that's neither here nor it, there. It, 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 it does look cheap. I mean, this this stuff would be expensive to not, to make not look goofy, but it's it's pretty goofy. Um, so I, I don't know if I probably hadn't done this the last time we talked. I finished the tick. Oh really? Because I I think when we did it, just watch the pilot. Have you seen it? Uh no, I have not. No, I have not had the time. It, it really it's very strange in that I I end up as it, when you take it as a packaged whole, I love it. It's it's very very well done. But man, it's only a six-episode run, and even by the end of the third episode, I wasn't sure if I was digging it. It really takes right. you to get through the whole thing to realize to they've 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 basically implanted because it's the same guy that that created the character that's like made all of these iterations of it, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. They've implanted the tick into basically Marvel's Daredevil show, hmm. so the show's tone is very dark and very like real and grisly and grimy, but also happens to have Arthur in the ticket. Right. And so their approach comes from a very almost like super like type of direction where it's funny, but almost like in like a, in like a, like a, um, like you feel bad, like kind of funny, you know what I mean? Like, and, and I liked that, but wasn't sure if I was digging it. And then it gets its stride and it kind of wants you to kind of get broken down like that. And then it just, it, it, it ends with just a wonderfully cool stinger to get you ready for hopefully more that they have coming. And, and I loved it. Um, and I, I, I highly recommend it. I'm sure everyone that's listening has seen it if they were going to see it. But um, 
The casting cool. is great. Um, Jackie Earl Haley as the uh, um, what, what's the name of the the big baddie? My brain is shutting off. Um, I, I forget. Um, but he he's the big big baddie villain, and he's he shows yet again that when you cast Jackie Earl Haley, you get you get all in. Um, he's Excellent. he's he's great in it. Um, wait, wait, is he the terror? Yeah, he's the terror. There you go. I was gonna say the <laughs> darkness, but I, he's the terror, and he rocks. The most prominent supervillain of the twentieth century, and a good deal of the nineteenth. Yes, and a good deal of the nineteenth, <laughs> and like you know, the the, the humor is wacky because like there's a sequence of the terror like offing every great superhero, uh, like basically like a Watchmen style flashback, right? And he kills them all yeah. by shooting them with a syphilis missile. <laughs> and so they're all running around with like their eyes bleeding, <laughs> and it's just like, what the, f-? like that's a very dark joke. Like it's just a very messed up, but it all it all culminates to to something quite brilliant. Um, cool, and cool. I, I I highly enjoyed it. So there was that. Also, did you know that the world just wants me to be super super unnerved because they made a sequel to Creep? Oh, have you seen Creep? The Mark, uh, refresh the Mark Duplass I... guy who goes to interview the guy that says he has terminal cancer, and you start realizing oh, that yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, he has the masks and such. He has yeah, like the the wolf that, yeah. mask and the yeah, and oh yeah, that was, that's that just was so goddamn unnerving for its entire run. Yeah. Also coming from Blumhouse, yeah. they're just shitting gold as of late. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. But uh, man, they made another one, and it oh, looks wow. it looks just even more not right. <laughs> yeah. I, I I I'm liking this this whole Netflix thing. I also watched Death Note, which I didn't hate as much as everybody else. All right, <laughs> I'll leave it at that. I don't have much more to say. <laughs> I I you know it's like I'm I'm on board with. Uh... Uh, Adam Wingard. I so. like Adam Wingard, and the thing is, I don't. This is problematic, and I don't think any of the problems are his. Um, you know, it mm. it, it looks great. This the acting's pretty good. It, it just there's some miscasting. I've I've caught up on the the sub the source material. I can see where people yeah. are angry about some of the changes mm-hmm. they made, but but I liked a lot of what I saw on screen. It just went by too quick. It okay. it was just too condensed. It needed to be like an eight hour thing, like split up. And, ah, okay. And it, right. you know, but it's, it, I mean, Wingard, Wingard's got an unscathed career, in my opinion. And, uh, go, what's the next thing he's supposedly doing? Oh, Wingard, he's, uh, he's on the, uh, the, the, the King Kong, uh, versus, uh, Godzilla. That is Wingard. I, no, he, no, that's not yeah. Wingard. It's Godzilla 2, Win- or is he doing Godzilla King Kong? Wingard is on, uh, Godzilla versus King Kong. Right. And, now, uh, now are they, my- so how are they, doing Godzilla versus King Kong. Are they going to have like the gargantuan King Kong from Skull Island and the Godzilla from the last Godzilla movie or are they doing their whole other thing? That that it's it's uh it's the tie-in with uh Skull Island. Okay, cuz cuz Skull Island I haven't seen but it looked great. Looked like a lot of fun. No, yes. Yeah, yeah, no, Skull, Skull Island, Kong Skull Island, which which is actually a lot of fun. I re- I really dig it. It's uh it's 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 like the big budget version of uh like the land that time forgot. Isn't that what we always want from a movie like that? Yeah, no, it is. It's the best movie Doug McClure never made. Awesome. 
Um, I I and, have uh, yet it, to watch it. Uh, uh, I mean, I, I wish I've seen it, but I really want to watch it so I can watch the honest trailer that I guess <laughs> that I guess the director wrote. Yeah. So I guess he was like super mean to his own movie, which I think is really funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh you know Jordan Vogt Roberts right. is uh is the director and uh, you know so that uh, that that is an interesting thing. No, Skull Skull Island is it's connected to the Godzilla movie in that it's uh, uh it's it's a partially about the founding of Monarch. Okay, okay, which is uh John John Goodman shows up in the beginning of Skull Island as this guy who who is sure that there are. Oh, God. What's what's the stupid acronym that uh, acronym they came up for for giant monsters in the uh, mutos? Yeah, mutos. They call them there we uh, go. M- m- massive undiscovered terrestrial organism. Yeah, muto. Because they be- that was it. Because they can't because they can't say kaiju because Pacific Rim has that kaiju. <laughs> so uh, so so he he's this guy who is trying to prove that there's such a thing as mutos, and uh, so, so he's they keep saying we're with Monarch, you know, like like they and showing off the logo, and it's like, yes, we're from Monarch. You may remember us from that last Godzilla movie. And I'm thinking, were you in the last ten minutes of that Godzilla movie? No, no, we are not. Yeah, then no one you re- remembers that you were in that movie. <laughs> uh, it fared better for me, but I get it. Um, yeah, no, no, nobody... I, one of my favorite memories about the recent Godzilla was, uh, you know, someone... Asked us a, a good friend uh, asked uh, was talking to me about it and said, "And where did they dig up this kid who's playing the guy in the movie? Who is he? He leaves he 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 leaves no impre- he leaves no impression. Who is who is this actor?" And I, and I looked at her and I said, "He he was kick ass, which doesn't make and any goddamn like her, sense." How- yeah, and it looked like her eyes were gonna bug out of her head. She's like, what, what, "Who?" How does he leave no impression on on anything? It's extraordinary. That was the biggest problem with that movie. Yeah, because there was a yeah. lot they did good. Everything with Godzilla, all eighteen minutes of it, is is. <laughs> but but man, is it amazing! Like it's not it's not just semi cool Godzilla stuff. It's like some of the coolest Godzilla stuff. Yeah. There's just a really I, I like... long movie that happens around it that that kid had zero charisma to push. Um, I, lo- I I love that Ken Watanabe, thanks to the the handful of movie of of English speaking movies he's been in, is probably like the most well known Japanese actor in America right now. Yes, uh, you know who is not Japanese American. He's a Japanese actor who sometimes makes American movies. Uh, you know, is in this movie as an, a doctor who is from Japan, the country Godzilla is from, and his character is essentially. Doctor Godzilla, expert on all things Godzilla, and he is barely in the movie, and he's not the one we're following around. He's the guy. He has all the answers on everything we already want to know. Yep. And and he is not the main character of the movie. It's a bit silly. Um, but but it, I I enjoyed it still. Uh, but um, so 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 we got that. So Adam Wingard, you know. He's he's basically going to get some money printed for him, so so that'll be good. Yeah. And then Mike yeah. Doherty of of Trick or Treat and Krampus, fuck yeah, Krampus. Yeah. Um, Hell yeah. No one saw it, goddamn you, and it's great. I own it, <laughs> and I've watched it like four times since I bought it because it's that good. Um, Oorah. Uh, is making the the sequel to that aforementioned um, lacking of charisma Godzilla movie. So so mm-hmm, that'll mm-hmm. be interesting, and and so yeah. So we're talking about horror movie guys making it big. 
Yes, they do. And I guess we, yeah. we've been going on for a long time in in not because if we talk for about another 20 minutes, we could just cut this as two episodes. <laughs> but yeah. but I kind of want to go to sleep. So uh, you got you yeah, got you got anything else, that. dude? Uh, uh, send money to Puerto Rico. Yeah, send money. Um, be like Pitbull and like send like planes. Or yeah, because apparently, um, you know, semi misogynistic, um, R and B rap stars um are better at helping people than the president. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's that. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, yeah, it's like not trying to end on a somber note, but like, you know, one of the larger, uh, you know, non, uh, non-state U.S. territories is basically in Mad Max times right now. So Did uh, you ever think we'd be living in a world where like the, 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 the high politicians and like mayors, governors, whatever of an area would have to be wearing shirts on the news saying we are dying please send help yeah i mean yeah, we, this is uh... this is 2017 and and, and yeah and and, and no <laughs> no <laughs> yeah so yeah, I, so, yeah. So, so, so stop listening to this and send money to puerto rico yeah ser- seriously get get some uh please give uh send send send, send money and uh to to good charitable organizations and stuff because like that's uh like the the, the the those people are kind of in literally the worst situation you can be in and still be alive yep so so please do that hmm well yeah. okay Dude, right. i guess we did did you see the new guillermo del toro movie uh, wait, uh, which oh, one we were uh, oh, just uh, talking of... about the trailer dropping on our last podcast? Oh, Shape of Water. No, um, I I was not at uh, n- uh, the Toronto Festival, or, and I I don't think I'll be at the New York Festival, so I did not get to see Shape of Water. All right, can't wait for that. That's my most anticipated looks... thing, besides Blade Runner. Looks great. Besides Blade Runner. Um, yeah. And you, you see, Shape of Water gets the higher end because it doesn't have Jared Leto in it. Um, and, and yeah, no. <laughs> anyway. Um, so on that note, uh, somber notes and all, um, again, yes. w- we're going to get back into a regular uh, groove on this again, I hope. And um, again, if you do enjoy this podcast and the other stuff I've been doing, which there will be more of soon, I swear, um, you can go to patreon.com slash the chippa. That, that's what I'm at right now, right? I, I, God, it's been so long since I looked at it. I think that's what yeah, it is. Yeah. Pa- that's that's the chippa, T-H-E-C-H-I-P-P-A. Um, and, yep. uh, you know, as always, um, thank you for coming along on the tangent. Um, I've been Chris. I'm Bob. And, uh, have a great night. You guys uh, take care of yourselves. Bye.